Yeah, so it's a couple of things I'll touch on. It's like, I almost felt like we kind of gave, I was listening to some of our older podcasts and like, um, listening to, I was doing some, some timestamp and whatnot for YouTube. And, uh, I noticed we were really ragging on Scav Karma, man, at the start. But. Welcome to Scav Talk. Escape from Tarkov podcast, but focus on the continuing development of the game, hash note analysis, theory crafting, and general gameplay discussions. My name is Church. I'm one of your hosts. I do content creation, video editing, and general live streaming. And I'm Gigabeef, a Tarkov YouTuber, helping you get better at the game. And welcome back to the show, everybody. So, Church, how's it been going this week in the crazy land that is EFT? It's been going good. Been going good. Haven't got to play it as much um, as I wanted to, but other than that, it's been going good. Nice, nice. I, I dropped into your stream like right at the end one time. Just uh, I was doing Ooh, some yeah. other bits and pieces, and you guys were having like a proper dorms fight. Like it was a like serious dorms fight. Mm-hmm. And it's actually something that I kind of, um, I guess, never really experienced properly because I just don't play with other people very often. And those people who I do usually play with um, tend to be like less experienced, and so you don't you don't end up getting in those situations. But like I'd stumbled upon this kind of like, you know, the raid battle state series esque fight going on with like three dudes firing down like corridors and people like suppressing fire and nades going off. It like, it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. It looked like you're having a good time. <laughs> yeah. It can be a lot of fun. I, I feel like I've fallen off from, uh, uh, like squad PVP, like comms and whatnot. Like, mm. <laughs> I don't know. Just, I haven't, I haven't played in a while. Like I, when I first, started playing that was like all we did had a group and we just played squad all the time like we used to do like five-man interchange runs and fight other squads that was a lot of fun but uh yeah yeah it's been it's been good how about yourself it's good it's good yeah um it's been it's been interesting it's been kind of like i don't know i feel like maybe i've got a bit more kind of perspective this wipe on kind of like how the wipe goes for me and it's going exactly how i would expect it to be going um but in some ways it's funny actually like seeing more like watching other people play and stuff it's like i think i i don't know whether i play in a really weird way i'm not, I'm not sure like i i just i just don't know because obviously like you know later on in the wipe i don't really loot very much stuff obviously i loot loads of things early on because it's the, the best way to make money but like the number of pmc encounters i've had especially in the last like maybe maybe this is slightly unfair but like on stream, I get a decent number of PMC encounters. It tends to be because I go and do the more aggressive stuff on stream, I would say. But there's like there's so many just kind of like routine, go here, grab the thing, leave, right, kind of quests. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. at the beginning of the wipe, I'm like so focused on on questing, progression, grabbing items, right? And with finding raid and all of that kind of stuff, and just the way the quest is set up, dying is so it's so bad for getting anything done. It it's just I just end up like playing not really not like super super safe but it's just it's just funny i like so many of so many of the times i'll be like playing in like bits and pieces doing other stuff that's why i don't like stream outside of my like big slot so when i'm like streaming in the slot i'm like going places i'm like doing some pvp and like dying and getting kills whatever and it's like kind of fun and then in the week i'm just like i'm doing other things so i like load into a raid maybe i'll just like park my pmc for 30 minutes then i'll come back after doing something like you know, eat a can of Tushonka and drink some juice and then go to resort, grab an item and leave, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's kind of like, it's almost like min-maxing like my life around the game as well. Cause it's like, I'll just like leave it there for a bit. And I'm just like, well, I'm not going to go there now. There's a couple of times where I've tried to go and complete quest right at the start and just like bump into some dude running a, you know, an AKM. 
and you're like, oh, okay, I'm dead, and that's yeah, now no, that that really sucks. Um, but yeah, I've just been like min maxing quests super hard, um, trying to get up the hideout stuff going on. Got the Bitcoin farm level one like in motion. It's 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 building. Um, so it's been it's been really it's been good fun actually. I really enjoy that. I enjoy that whole thing. I enjoy the progression. I enjoy yeah. all this. I was going to talk a little bit about this later, um, about the kind of the system and the way it works and kind of what kinds of people enjoy enjoy it and why I enjoy it so much. But yeah, so far it's been going pretty well. Smashing through the quests, actually starting to use some better guns now, which is good. I'm level twenty six, I think now. Um, oh man, I think you're caught up with me, or maybe even past me now. It's probably just like hardcore questing though, and just getting XP that way. That's like, yeah, generally, generally tends to be the way. Um, so yeah, like it's it's good, it's good, but it's kind of like it's the way that my wipes go and. That's mm-hmm. fine, but I feel like I've got a broader context of kind of like how other people's wipes go, and it's maybe a bit different for that. So, so you're like here mid max, like you have like two rubles in your inventory because it's all been pure min max into the hideout, and then like you're you know just like running in, in customs, hiding in a bush, eating Tashanka cans, leveling metabolism, got metal fuel tanks, and you know all this. Like you're you're that kind of gamer, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about this right now if you want. I think, uh, well, yeah, let's we, do it. And then we can talk about a bit of news afterwards, I guess, because it's kind of been a bit more bitty this week. But yeah, I mean, it's exactly, it's exactly that. Like, I, I've fallen. I said last week, I've fallen in love with the M9, and I've ended up doing uh-huh. like a lot more. Just like, God, I never used to feel like I could actually kill anybody, and these days it's like, well, I feel like I'm much more capable of, you know, murdering somebody with an M9 if it comes to it. But most of the time. I'm not going to, I don't really need to. And I don't really have access to any decent ammo. And so it's like, well, if I have that weapon, I'm kind of just like aiming for like headshots anyway. And you get, you know, decent number of rounds or whatever. And it's like super yeah. fast ADS. And it's like, it's actually okay for killing scavs and that kind of thing. And so, yeah, the rest of the time, I'm just like sat in bushes eating Tushonka. Like the other, the other day, I was like, I think I sent you a screenshot of it actually. I was trying to upgrade the med station, finally got like yeah. therapist up. And I'd made my LEDX like well in advance. Um, Same. So I bought bought the LEDX well in advance. Sorry, because I'm making the LEDX for the next yeah. quest. That's happening at the moment. So it's all this like chains of like, you know, this happens and then this happens and this happens. And then I went to, I, I came out of the the, um, the raid and I was like, right, I'm, I can definitely do it now. And I was like, why didn't you give me the thing saying that the, uh, the, the you know, the module could be created? And I went in and it was just like, you have 459,000 rubles out of 500,000 or whatever it was. And I was like, <laughs> oh no. So I had to like go into the, like the nutrition unit like sell some condensed milks like just scraped together i had like 16k at one point but like the med station's upgrading so it's fine and like yeah i just like play it like super 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 tight at the beginning it's like any spare money is like either going into hideout stuff because i i managed to blow out to like two mil at one point and i spent like a mil of it on um on gpus and then just like tuck them away and then just like keep going. I try. I try to have a bit of a float. I try to have like five hundred k. Because if if you don't have like a few hundred thousand, it gets a little awkward. If you have like a load of crafts all come through simultaneously, and you're trying to sell stuff on the flea, but you like you need to you know buy some fuel or whatever, and you want to make another mag box and all this kind of stuff. So it gets it gets kind of complicated. But now I think I was thinking about this a little bit just in general, um, and I've actually spoken before about how I quite enjoy idle games right and i think and i think i've said about this and it's kind of like idle or incremental games it kind of depends on you know there's there's two sort of fringes to this a similar concept and like eft in a lot of ways does actually kind of lend itself to that kind of thing you know you have to check in every day and then you then you may put another craft on and then you like slowly things build up and it's that like slow sense of progression there's actually Mm -hmm. a lot of similarities between these two 
types of game, which I don't know is I think it's one of the reasons why I end up getting so addictive to the like the Tarkov grind because I'm not actually a huge fan of some of the quests, even though they are for me getting easier each wipe. It's like the hideout progression is just so good, and like the trader progression, like kind of you know being able to do more stuff, make more money, run better kits, that kind of thing. And um, well, yeah, I wouldn't do the quest if there wasn't no trader progression. <laughs> I'll tell yeah, you that right yeah, now. exactly. But I think like this wipe especially has kind of made me appreciate a lot more running like some nice guns. Um, because yeah, you run trash until level twenty. There's one thing like I didn't actually go hunting for any attachments particularly, but you just you just don't really get any. And because of the way that the system works, I don't know whether you had a different experience, but because of the way that the the system works in terms of recoil, which I've spoken about before, right? This like um this like additive thing rather than being multiplicative. Yeah, yeah. the first couple of months don't do anything. So yeah. unless you've got like a comp and you know something on the on the you know the stock end and you've got right. like a maybe of the foregrip or something it doesn't really do that much and you can't buy any of these things and finding all of the all the stuff for the same gun firstly isn't really worth it and secondly is very unlikely and so I just ended up running this like rubbish stuff the whole time like the, the nicest gun I ended up running was the MP5 SD after I unlocked it from Peacekeeper because that was actually a real beauty because like, you yeah. don't have to do anything to it but you end up just like running guns that you don't need to do anything to and the modding is kind of I know I started to miss it, you know, because I do a lot of modding when I'm, you know, in a normal time, in, you know, anywhere from one month plus from the beginning of the wipe. And I was like, yeah, I kind of miss just like tinkering with guns, deciding because I like min-maxing like what I take it. You know, do I do I want to get a few more points of ergo or not, and how much that cost and all that kind of stuff. And I really started, to, I really started to miss it on the way up. So it's nice to start running a couple of better guns. Not and we're not going crazy yet, you know. Still got the hideout to upgrade. But yeah, it's um, it it is a funny one. I guess like, was there any like specific news stuff that you want to talk about? Because there was like some updates that I wanted to mention. I don't know how that feeds into anything that you'd seen, but like one that I thought was quite interesting was like about BT ammo basically being removed from the loot table. I don't know whether you'd like notice oh, this. I didn't see but, that. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, so like if you go around on reserve now, pretty much the only ammo that you can get is like T. Um, and like maybe BP occasionally, but then there's like all of the really bad ones like PRS and stuff going in like boxes of 120 and finding BT is really not anywhere. It's really nowhere near as easy as it used to be. Like by far, it's, it's so different, right? I used to run around mm. reserve and you just get, there's just BT everywhere. Um, and sometimes even, you know, BS and there are some boxes of BS occasionally, but it's like thirties and they're very, very rare. And the same thing for BT, I just hardly find it at all. And you can kind of see this in the, on the flea as well, because the ammo is around like they're 600 K rubles. It's, it's yeah. And it's like, but it's like way inflated because back in the old wipe, I know it was kind of a bit different, but BT has been cheap forever um yeah in in the previous patch right because there was so there's just bt was everywhere and so it was like 200 300 rubles but now it's like the trader price or higher so kind of things so it's like 600 650 plus for bt which i find kind of interesting because that's something that people were running a lot in um, in the previous wipes especially kind of in the mid game um and it's not something that i actually ever really ran that much like 545 is not a favorite of mine um for various reasons like i've i have run it and it's okay but I'm not a, I'm not a massive fan of it. So there's one one thing that's quite interesting that I've noticed then is that you can actually unlock 56A1 from um, from Peacekeeper 2 quite early. And if you run that with the MDR, you actually basically just get like better stats and the, the actual round is better as well at this point in the wipe. And so it kind of makes 556 like a bit more vi- viable if you're running. I wouldn't run it. I wouldn't run anything that you need to mod properly, but like the MDR is good because it comes modded out of the box. 
So you don't need to really do anything to it. You get it at 100% because the ones that people find in boxes are at 100%. So you don't have like these crappy, you know, 74 ends with 50% durability that can't fire over long distance, anything like that. Um, and the only thing that you really miss out on is being able to attach like something like the PSO if you want to do long range. So I, it's, it's interesting how it's kind of mixing up. I haven't seen many people doing it yet, but like 56A1 is like $3 around instead of like 650 yeah. rubles on the fleet. There is and a bit better. of a caveat for that because mm. I think it's quest blocked to do that. Um, to oh, fifty six A one. Yeah. Ah, you you it's... might be right. I've actually pushed really far through Peacekeeper, um, which is kind of what I did last wipe actually. So let me have a quick check because okay, so you have to you have to do the cult part one from Peacekeeper level yeah, two. Yeah, because I'm on that quest. Okay, but that's, that's pretty. It it's pretty it. early. It's it's pretty early in this well, thing, isn't it? We have to go through a couple you... of them. Uh, you have to do well, go through, you do have to go through a few yeah because it's like okay. gear and if you're like me you can never yeah. find flash drives fast enough <laughs> yeah. i always get stuck on the flash drives one but yeah um that's I mean, interesting that was my issue last one that uh they i mean i've always thought that maybe they should lower bt because i always felt like the meta was like go reserve day one and kill raiders but even if you don't get raiders, you just get BT in your container, and now you have yeah. you take your poopy AKS seventy four U and load BT in it. So that was like, you know, that's interesting because now I notice on the market that BT was selling for the same price as BS and Agolnik, which I was yeah. just like, I thought it kind of made sense because I just felt like BT was just kind of, i mean it's like a it's i don't know i like it that it does more flesh damage you know i really don't like that bs and and it going to take three hits to kill but regardless um i guess that kind of explains why they're all the same price because i guess they're all kind of i guess they may be leveled out now if there's less bt to go around with some more demand you know i guess the demands remain the same but the supply is lowered i should say yeah, I think so, I think the others will push up, but it, it's funny, right? Because when everyone's wearing level four armor, basically, like I've not, I'm yet to see anyone running level five. When everyone's running level four, it doesn't like BS, Agolnik, like BT. Yeah, it doesn't really matter that much. Yeah, that's how it feels. Yeah, and so it's kind of like there's no differentiation really at the moment because right. like why would you spend more on it when it basically does the same thing and you actually lose out on the flesh damage? Like, yeah, you're gonna get a hundred percent chance to pen, which is which is great, but sure, um, sure. You know, but BT is like perfectly okay against level four armor. It's it's fine. It's fine. It'll it'll do. Um, which is interesting. Yeah, there's like a couple of stats. Like I guess just before we move on on this, that was that's interesting because, like as I said, I I did actually get quite lucky with the flash drives this time, and I was like, well, I'm just going to push through to Peacekeeper and just like get some of the stuff from him because he has some like things that I really like early early game, like the MP5 SD um, mm. and that kind of stuff, which is quite cool. But yeah, if you look at BT, it's got 37 pen and 44 damage. And 56A1 has got exactly the same pen for 37, but has 51 damage instead. And I was mulling this over, and, you know, we had our discussions previously about the MCX um, and about Blackout mm -hmm. AP versus 55A1. And I actually feel like there might be a similar thing going on here, right? Because, like, 44 pen is only, if you shoot someone That's... twice, it's only 88, right? So you only need three right. points of mitigation before it is yeah. a two-tap to the chest. Whereas 56A1 is 51. They give you 102 damage so you actually then need like i think it's 17 when i was looking at the numbers it's actually quite a yeah. big difference so yeah, i'm really tempted sure. i haven't actually run any yet i haven't run any because i've been using other weapons but um 
it's it's funny it's funny like choosing weapons in the mid game is actually really hard i, mean, I think i'm going to do my next video about it because it's it's complicated right it's just like well you could pick the mp5 sd which has got like no recoil but all the ammo is completely awful and ap 6.3 is really expensive or you could pick um you know the the m sort of a, a 556 type thing but then you have to get peacekeeper unlocked or then you could pick the ak's but then bt is now quite expensive it's just like it's it's, it's tif- difficult to pick something that actually makes sense at the moment i'm, I'm finding it's there's lots of sort of potentially viable things but nothing that's like quite perfect you know it's yeah. kind of a weird one it's kind it of a weird one. I, i've been trying to min max in that area for like a good mid-game ammo and i noticed that the as val ammo is really cheap like sp5 is really cheap all right sp6 yeah. is really cheap uh spp is really cheap bp is like i think i try to buy at 600 ruples per round at most mm. um and you can easily snag it lower and this kind of transitions or whatever but uh, anyways i've been trying that gun out and um it's kind of hard because if you buy the 20 rounders there's still like 11 thousand ruples per 2020 round uh, and then the the 30 rounders are like you know yeah 60 percent cost of the gun it's like crazy but i've been trying to kill killer for this jaeger quest because i need jaeger level two to build a water collector so i can do all these hideout upgrades and it's so annoying dude this is a bit of a tangent but if i don't get the god tier interchange spot like i've been buying an sj6 too to even help with that Mm-hmm. But like the times I do get the god tier spawn, I run there and he's not there, and there's another guy doing the exact same thing I'm doing, you know, and it's just like, yeah. oh my god, this quest is so annoying because then you got the other people that are just farming Killa, you know, for like the the jacket or the unlock as well. But um, I have so you, you doing gem. those um you do you doing those boss quests already? I have like ten Jaeger quests. <laughs> And I just I it's really it's really hard on on standard account because you don't get bonus rep. Yes. And a lot of the quests that you do for all the other traders are like, hmm, I don't like Jaeger minus point zero one to Jaeger. And all that really adds up. Like I've had it happen before where like I've done like multiple quests. And I'm like, yes, I'm going to unlock Jaeger level two. And then I turn in all the quests and then it. And then I realized, oh my god, I just nullified that quest I just did for Jaeger. You know what I mean? It's like um, it's actually really bad because a lot of his quests are only like point zero two rep. So, and I think some of them have been reduced as well. This wipe, really? Some of them, yeah. That's so you have to do more now than you used to. I think like ambulance. I was reading like ambulance used to be like point. It was like loads. It's like point three or something crazy. And now it's like point oh two or something insane. Yeah. yeah. Um. So it was rough. It's rough. You you were saying you had to you had a jam. Yeah, so I, I, this is kind of going to branch into the other bit of news, if you will. Um, I saw that one peg has been doing some testing with weapon jams. And I don't know if you saw Jesse Kazam's video. He did a weapons uh, jams testing video. Did you happen to catch that? I actually haven't. I saw that it was out. Um, I didn't realize it was, it's maybe just the way it was written. I didn't realize it was an actual like full testing thing. I thought he was going to be like describing the mechanics. So I didn't watch it, but if it's a testing like an actual testing video, where he puts like, you know, 5,000 rounds, three different guns, then I definitely will. But I didn't, I didn't get that vibe from the, the thumbnail. So maybe it was just like not marketed quite right. <laughs> it, it, it is like that. Yes, indeed. As in testing uh, or, or concepts. Testing. Testing. Okay. Sorry. Okay, fine. Well, I'll definitely check it out then. Yeah. Cause I, 
this is what really frustrates me. And this is sort of like stepping back on the meta level is that there's, I just wish they just provided us the information so that way we can actually test it properly to know what's going on. Because now it seems that people are of the mindset that the ammo itself has a different modifier to the damn percentage. So not only does it burn the durability more of the gun, there's a hidden stat to jam the gun more often. That I did see that. The... Yeah, I saw that written. So there was a Reddit post that I read, actually, that was kind of about that. Yeah, um, I think I did see that as well, you know. Yeah, they'd like, they actually posted it at one peg on his Twitter, and I read it from there. And that was, that was quite interesting. Um, but then that also had the... The jam chance that they like they'd gone through lots and lots and lots of different different weapons and durabilities and that kind of stuff and it seemed like i don't know whether yeah i'm, I'm sure you saw this as well that above 50 percent, it doesn't seem to make any difference yeah the jam percentage is identical above 50 percent on every gun it seems um which is all well and good but I don't. I don't think that's a good. I don't think that's good. I think we we talked about this previously. But I just. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't think that makes sense. And it's it's interesting to see like as more details of this system come to light. I feel like you know there needs to be because I think this guy tested lots of different mags, right? And there's certain things that I would expect to happen that don't. Things like sixties jamming more than thirties, which apparently do not. That if you're yeah. within the first ten percent of its durability that it shouldn't jam very much and then it should you know, scale up as you get lower rather than it going to 50 and then that's where the cutoff begins in terms of jam frequency which is weird and there's like the one comment that i keep seeing all over twitter that actually really annoys me the most is like well out of the factory uh actually guns do doesn't like it doesn't it doesn't matter it doesn't, it doesn't matter it doesn't matter yeah. make it just just make the make the new guns not jam they've been tested by the trader you know it's not fresh out of the factory it's come from peacekeeper you know it's like just stop worrying about that. Like it, do, it doesn't make sense for the game to have that in, you know. In in the same way as the game does make sense to be able to sew your stomach back together, so you don't have to immediately leave right. a raid, right. right? It's the same thing as always. It is not. And there was actually a really good post that's up there at the moment, which um, I think it's got like two thousand upvotes or something about durability on Reddit right now, which I read like about two hours ago about somebody criticizing the system, and it was pretty much exactly what I've said previously in general, but applied to this situation, which is what exactly does BSG want us to do with this system? Like what choices can I make to make, you know, there's no, there's no interesting gameplay choices to make. I can't spend more money to stop it from happening. I can't take a risk and spend less money to, you know, have it happen more often because then if you don't spend as much money, right. And then you get a jam, you're just like, Oh, that's kind of my fault. Right. That's on me because my gun's a piece of crap and I didn't I didn't service it properly because it's expensive to run like, you know, nice weapons all the time. But I completely agreed with what what they were saying in that post which is like the way that it's implemented like what are you supposed to do as a player? It just adds yeah, RNG really... and there's nothing and there's nothing you can do. It's a similar thing of like, you know, oh there's not going to be any ammo charts whatsoever, but the the ballistics is not necessarily going to be implemented realistically. Well, it's like, well, how on earth is anyone ever supposed to make a sensible choice, right? And if you if you're just guessing, that's not that's not fun. It's not entertaining. It's not, there's not, it's not even like, um, it's not even rewarding, you know, and that's kind of what they're going for, right? They're, they're going for something being rewarding. And yeah, you know, you could have, you could even make it so that guns do jam right from the outset, right? But just make the chance really, really low. Like it shouldn't be the same yeah. between a 55% durability gun and a 95% durability gun. That should not, that should not be 
should not be the same. It's, oh, it's so obvious. I think to pretty much everybody in the player base, whether people agree or disagree with the rate or whatever. And the fact that like 60s don't jam as much as 30s is completely insane because I thought that was partly what this was about. Yeah, I don't I don't know if that was ever like direct from BSG, what you're saying, because I, I was kind of anticipating that as well. But I think that might have just been more personality slash community in, injector. Um, yeah, man, I don't I don't know. I all of this just really frustrates me because I mean, hopefully we're all sort of like getting our results and they're all sort of matching up. But I'm just like worried that like we're dead wrong, and that's just like until either a a data mining bro comes along and gives us the actual information so we can actually understand the systems and like you know yeah. whether we think it's a good system or how you know how we could like test it. Like I mean, for example, uh, I made an ask myself earlier in someone's stream because they were talking about how BSG doesn't like data mining, basically, and I'm like. Well, actually, you see, if it wasn't for the work of No Food After Midnight, we have never would have known about the bug in the game known as the uh, fragmentation chance at below twenty percent pin. And um, well, it, anyways, it yeah, I just I, I really don't like how they do not put out these like okay, you want to add storyline quests, you don't have to tell me anything. You just can put a line of text that says we added new quests. You know, you yeah. don't even have to say that. Because it's like, there's there's nothing for me to test, per se. Like, the bugs are going to obviously present themselves. You're adding a game-changing system that could determine an outcome of a raid. It seems like I would want to know the details of that system. You know what I mean? Like, they, they put out... Why would they put out details for scav karma and not details for weapon jamming? I'm just like... It blows. It, it it really frustrates me. Actually, it, it, it hashtag triggered, bro. Hashtag triggered. <laughs> I I actually yeah. I don't I don't really get it. I I don't I don't mind some things being. I don't mind I don't mind certain certain elements being hidden, but I just yeah. I I kind of agree. Like I don't understand why they're so desperate to keep everything a secret. As you say, we're supposed to be testing, and in some ways, I can kind of see it that like you know they want to see. How the community reacts. Maybe this is it, right? Like the Scav Karma thing, they're going to say, we're going to test the system. Here's how the system works. Let's see what happens. In other ways, they say, fine, we're just going to leave them to it. See what they come out with. Like, see how the player base responds to the information as it kind of drip feeds out. Maybe that's a test in, in itself about the discovery process. Um, because, yeah, the, the, the thing about the data mining thing, I've seen it on a few people's feeds saying that, you know, we got to be careful because the, if people data mine too much, then BSG is going to lock it all off and then we're never going to be able to see it again. And that would be like highly counterproductive, I think. Um, yeah. Because it kind of works like, I think they have this idea in mind. They have this sort of idea in mind of like a sort of, it's like a hearsay rumor kind of thing where people are like, oh, you know. And I, but the issue is, is that because content creators are so kind of prominent within EFT in finding out stuff or being told stuff or whatever, that mm -hmm. the information gets out to those who want to know it. At some point, because people are going to do the tests and figure things out, and like, yeah, I guess it's you know, there's a big it, it kind of keeps the knowledge gap in some ways, which I don't, I don't really have an opinion on whether that's a good or a bad thing. You know, knowledge is power in EFT, as we know. This is the maps complicated and the mechanics are complicated, but like so much stuff's hidden that you have to really go and search around for it. Unless you're playing the game actively and like keeping up with people's videos and whatever, like 
it's hard to know what's in, what's out. I remember when I, even when I first started, I was just like looking around for stuff and it's just like, oh, well, this is how it works. And then you're like, oh no, but that post was from nine months ago, dude. Like, there's no way that that's still, still true. Cause there's been a wipe since. And I was just like, what's a wipe? And it's like nine months information is like completely out of date. This is crazy. I remember when I first started, it was weird. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, uh, as you say, um, bugs get uncovered by the community. You need people to test stuff. Maybe sometimes the test is is the discovery process, which I think maybe is the case with durability. But it, it almost would have been better the other way around, right? Like tell everybody about durability and then get people to test Scavcarm and see what happens. That would almost have made more sense in some ways. Um, yeah, yeah, 100%. I definitely agree with that sentiment. Yeah. For sure. Uh, I just wish it with durability, like I said it before, but with durability, I really wish that muzzle attachments, barrels and and receivers and mags had a durability on them just those four pieces and then magazines had their own inbuilt chance to jam on, on their own and suppressors mm-hmm. degraded over time and wouldn't actually because suppressors the suppressor thing's weird right the suppressors thing like they should just degrade and not be as they should not they sh- the recoil stats should decrease like the, the recoil in- increasing stats sorry yeah, the recoil decreasing worse. stats and the sound suppression stats should fade off as right, the durability yeah. decreases on these things, right? And that's how I think that those things should work. And you could apply it to other stuff. I'm not sure if it's necessary, but you could apply it to things like pistol grips and stuff if you use them, if you really, really wanted to, so that the ergonomic mm-hmm. stats slowly degrade as the as the grip gets worse, something like that. Like, I don't know if there's really any need for that, to be honest, but like that's kind of how in my mind I see these systems, you know? So you have 100% one, this is the stats it's got. As the durability goes down, it gets worse and worse. And same thing for barrels. Barrels can, you know, they can have lower MOA, that kind of thing. I was actually looking, by the way, today at brand new AKs and rubbish AKs and the MOA is the same on them in the stats panel. It'd be quite nice if that that stat did change because it give you an MOA in the first place. Like is it you know, is it that immersion breaking yeah. to to tell you how bad the accuracy is now? I don't know. It'd be quite <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be quite it'd be quite nice. But yeah, that's how I wish they'd done durability. I don't know why they've done it like this. I even posted this on think- Tobias's Twitter because he said, Oh yeah, what's the biggest issue with the game? And I'm just like, why have they done this? Right? It's like so the the suppressor at the end is going to Damage my lower, so that then I get a jam in the gun. And like it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't even make any, it doesn't even make any sense. Yeah, I mean, I think that system you're describing is a is a we'll just say extra work. You know, it's more complex. There's way more variables. You know, they it would have is. to literally go through every. Like this is literally just like a you can just copy and paste on every gun you know what i mean i know i know like you but just do suppressors or something i don't know do suppressors and then give yeah. mags a flat chance you know receivers and supp- I, don't, I don't know like there's ways to make it simpler that are like i'd rather not have the system that's the way i feel about it actually i'd rather not have the system the way it's implemented i'd rather just not it not be there and being worked on than just be implemented in a bad way and the reason why i don't like it is because it's it's unintuitive and it doesn't actually yeah it's it isn't it it isn't even realistic and it could have been done in a realistic way, I but it's you, done in an, it's done in not, it's not even like, it's just done in an unrealistic way where you get an unexpected outcome for doing something that is actually like in real life just doesn't work like that. Like, I just find it really strange. It feels like unbattle state like to me. Yeah. My issue is not that weapon jams are in the game. It's just how, like, like you're kind of saying how they like chose to implement it. Um, and I think this is the way they implement it is fine, but 
like the overall the concept of it being on the lower receiver and like the suppressors adding and the ammo adding to the to the durability burn but as far as like the actual numbers go that we may or may not have accurate information on because we're literally doing it ourselves like yeah and now there's like questionings coming up like oh you testing this offline ray bro how do we know that's legit and that's kind of a valid point like we like uh the uh, i don't know it's really it's so let me let me jump shift gears real real quick let's Um, do that i'm stuck ammo (laughs) has to have amount and so one pegs back to like the original topic there was like People were saying, okay, ammo has to have its own unique jam modifier. And the one peg did some testing and he found that 9x18 PMPSO GZH, which is for like the Keter and Clin, he got like, I think it was a 40% increase on his previous jams. Now, mind you, that's not, I wish I had the actual numbers in front of me, but I'm losing where that was located. Um, Mind you, that's not a huge in- increase, but it's still an increase, right? Yeah. So I think I think it went from whatever, like the the default ammo. Um, I think that was like a point zero one, and this went from like a point one percent chance. I might I, I want to find it now. So I remember like seeing one stat that you put out that the for the MP five anyway there was like basically one jam per thousand. Something yeah. like that is what he put yeah. out for that, and I think maybe that was the standard one or something. Um, but the, set, the the guy on Reddit had the same thing. I actually can't remember who it was who put the post out because I was just reading it. I didn't really take too much note of like who who he was, but um, he said the same thing. You know, there's there's a clear increase for certain ammo types. So there's you know there's some modifier it appears for certain ammo to jam more than others. It appears that way. I mean, hopefully that's hopefully it's not just like a big random number that you know scales randomly. I don't know. I I really wish they would. I feel like there's a bit of a need for them to confirm information, and if that's what they're doing, as for like their game development, that's just really questionable in my opinion. <laughs> I just feel like we could we could just start at a better point. I mean, back to go back to the data mining stuff. Okay. There would be less of a need to data mine info because there is there is a there is a bit of a gray area how because of how BSG are choosing to like with withhold information that players desire right so like the the ammo for example if they just provided the ammo there would be less people wanting to data mine to understand the systems in the game, like literally just to comprehend how this works so they can make their own meaningful decisions. You know what I mean? Now there is a dark side of data mining where people can find leaks, you know, people can data mine stuff to use in other nefarious ways. Um, That is definitely like a real concern and why it's a bit of a gray area, right? When we present it like that. But if BSG just implemented in game an ammo chart, okay, or some type of system to make sense of the, ammo systems that we so does even the armor system like oh my god there would be so we wouldn't really have like a need for the data mining you know what i mean i'm really hoping someone data mines the weapon jams because i'm just like how do i even make sense of the system because right now it just feels like nothing makes sense and from what we kind of are gathering is that high pin ammo 
or different ammo at best causes more weapon jams. But ah, oh, it's frustrating, Giga. Yeah, it is frustrating. frustrating. I actually think it's funny because I've thought about this for a while about like what, the way they want they want it to be done, and I can I think is the, the reason why I sympathise with them is I can kind of see like what they're trying to get at, which is in real life you wouldn't know like the precise performance of your rounds versus all the other types of armor and that kind of thing, and they're kind of trying to make it not a video game while it still is a video game and they're saying well in real life there aren't all these you know formulas you can work out the exact pen chance on the first hit and all this stuff so we just don't want people to know so we're just not going to tell anybody and exactly as you're saying right if they had some i don't know even some kind of they wouldn't have to tell you precisely but to say here's sort of the range that you're looking for because someone who's like i don't know a peddling this stuff like prapper or whatever like they would know or a mechanic would be able to tell you or something say like well this thing's you know it's it's okay against this armor and it's good against this they could actually put in like a no fam style table in there give it like a rating against the armor or something wouldn't necessarily give you like a pen chance or anything but you know the rest of it you can kind of work out i mean there's lots of stuff that we just deal with like you know the the armor damage durability thing and the you know the higher the higher health it has the the more damage it'll take before it stops um before it stops like protecting you from various ammos and that kind of stuff and we and we can't and we deal with that right and we make our choices in raid based on it we don't need to know precisely you know what's the you know what's the chance of like the three versus two hit whatever like it doesn't it's not actually completely necessary but like if you don't give anybody the basics if you give people not even the basics then they're going to go and look for other stuff and that's kind of when you get the extreme data mining and people do pull the layer back and unveil the video game underneath right which is the problem so if you gave people something a bit like a guide an idea they wouldn't necessarily feel the need as much some people some people are going to anyway right because people are interested but broad player base wouldn't have to actually go and look for this stuff in the first place because they'd be like okay well bt is broadly okay prs is really really bad you know that's kind of gives you some some idea at least of what it might do because at the moment you just you have you absolutely have to go elsewhere because you get zero information and that because it's so limited you have no choice other than to go and look at other sources and so i think they should assuming, have a assuming you're even someone that's motivated enough to even go do that you know yeah i think you if you're not i don't think you'll be playing for very long is my yeah um that's my kind of uh view <laughs> yeah i don't know there's so many divergent things we could go from there so unless you have any final thoughts i'm good to move on let's move on uh, the other thing I saw was gear changes and slash weight changes. So I kind of like this that they're changing it up. Um, so I didn't even realize this. Like, for example, the attack two only weighed like 0.3, no, 1.3 kilograms. And then it got nerfed to three kilograms. Oh, I didn't know. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't even know that. Um, like the pack armor got buffed, quote unquote, like five kilograms, 3.5 kilograms, which is like, I'm fine with it. You know, it doesn't. Um, yeah, so there was some actual, like, weight changes on a lot of the stuff, and then they also lowered, I'm gonna get this wrong, I, th I think they made stamina, uh, region better, so sprint overweight limits went from 32 kilograms to 28, so at that point, I think you start, when you're sprinting, you're burning more stamina than you normally would. Yeah. And then your walk overweight limits is at 42 kilograms. It went from 32 to 42. 
So yeah. now you can walk and regen stamina better, I think. Yes. So you don't have to crawl as much. Is kind of my what I'm interpreting it as. Exactly. Yeah. That that's that's exactly it. That was actually the more, that's the one that I spent most of my time looking at because um, the other one, like the weights of items, kind of like fine. I'll see it in the stats. So it's kind of whatever. But that that one is actually quite important. I think the the buff to walking and the nerf to yeah. sprinting is quite good because I think a lot of people, again, they realize it this time now that the full weight system has been implemented and everyone's using the various, you know, bits and pieces that half the time, depending on the kit that you wear, especially if you're wearing one of the more bulky kind of armored rigs, the, I think they're the particular culprit. You go into raid and you're already overweight on entry, which is kind of rough. Right? It's kind of, it's, it's kind yeah. of rough. Good for strength. Yeah. Good for strength leveling. Yeah. I'm probably, yeah. Leveling my strength faster than I have ever in any wipe. Yeah, but, sure. um, but I think it's probably good. I think it's probably good because again, it's like it's incentivizing people to sprint less, walk more. You know, you get better stamina regen from from walking around rather than just like sprinting everywhere. And you know, sprinting should be hard. Sprinting is really hard work, especially when you're wearing gear. And so yeah. I think that's I think it's okay. You know, people walk most of the time for good reason because um, it's, a, it's a damn sight easier than it is shift wing you around re- the real world and I, I think that's probably okay for gameplay honestly i, th- I think i think it's fine uh, i do, I do think it's fine. yeah i don't think i've actually got a chance to really use that new system so i'm curious to see how that changes like if i'll remember to not dolphin dive every five seconds or whatever <laughs> but we'll see <laughs> Exactly. Um, was, there any, um, was there any other news, like proper news? I guess news one stuff? thing that will transition nicely into it, something I want to talk about is there's a podcast tomorrow, Saturday, with um, Dan Exert, Iron Fist, Clean, and One Peg. Mm-hmm. And they are going to be discussing Scav Karma. And I'm yep. very curious to see what they're going to discuss. I'm pretty interested in that. Um, so one of the things I've been doing is I need level two stash to get level two Intel center, which gets me the Bitcoin farm. And that upgrade is like 3.5 million, just flat rubles, plus some other random stuff. That's not really that expensive, but, um, so I was like, I need to make money because <laughs> I have none. <laughs> so I did a bunch of scav runs on interchange. Um, because I was like, what's selling for a lot? And after some searching, I saw like CPU fans. Every you know, I think people are st- starting to yeah build their farms. So I just hit every computer giga, and my experience has been completely different than what it has in prior episodes that we've discussed. Um, so first of all, everyone's pretty much been friendly with me, and I have like really pushed it over the edge. And I would always drop them my most valuable things. Like one raid, I dropped the OFZ shell. One mm. raid, I dropped, um, like I just spawned in. Only thing I had was like a rat cola over here. And then another raid, I found a, a, a Gen 4 full protection, whatever the one that covers like your chest and stomach. Or maybe it's high mobility. Yeah, that high one. mobility, that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found that in the crate and I gave that to, to a scav. Oh. I was like really committed to making sure that you know everyone was friendly, but overall, they even without that, they seem to be very friendly. Mm. Um, and it's been very w- weird because I basically run around the map and loot everything that's lootable, Giga, and I come out 
make like I think I did like around four to five scav raids plus maybe a couple PMC raids of like doing quests and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and I made my money in that time frame, and it was like, okay, so my kind of my takeaway was like more people are not being aggro. Um, especially on like a map like Interchange Nighttime where it gets a little spicy, you know, yeah. a little spice. Um, and like we were like, I was like getting them, I was like using voice lines, like, you know, come on, come on, let's go loot. And we would like go and loot all these back offices and stuff. Um, so I felt like the cooperation really was there. And like, you know, we would like wiggle at each other and shake our heads and shoot our guns at the extracts, you know, it was like, it was cool. <laughs> um, but I am a little concerned that it is just kind of like free money <laughs> because. There's really like the one raid I died, I died to PMCs extra camping, which I was like, God, you guys are such big wieners. You it's seven <laughs> you guys are are you telling me you guys have been here for thirty six minutes in the Emercon extract? <laughs> like what is going on, dude? You guys are the biggest wieners. <laughs> oh my goodness. I could I was I was I was pretty mad too. I think I told you this because I found the Bitcoin. And I oh, was like, yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna go to the extract. I don't want to chance it, which was a mistake because clearly the extract is now the most dangerous place. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! But, um, uh, it's kind of good, but yeah, I mean, you, I think you said this last week. You were like, I'm, you know, not sure if the, yeah, you know, this changes the game can considerably for scav and i have been thinking about what you said then when in my scav raids because i've been playing quite a few as well and i i you know i also play interchange sometimes i tend to play day but it doesn't seem mm -hmm. to really make much difference i run around ollie and i loot the stuff and there's no one there and you just loot and when you do find somebody you both go scav mumble wiggle wiggle and you just move on with your life and it was actually um i had a really really nice one because uh I've ended up like, yeah, I got, I got stuck on like a couple of quests, but I've had like some super, super good RNG recently, which has been really nice for some of the quests. Um, I had my punishment for the Emilia Rye Croutons, which literally I only got like the other day. So I've only just been able to unlock the rest of Jaeger's quest line, like literally the other day, because no it's way. just, I could not find this other crouton. And I did like woods runs over and over and over and over. I went to reserve to the kitchen over and over and over and over. And I finally had like, I had like, I had like rows and rows and rows of food. And I have like, eight of the other crouton i'm like they've got the same spawns so like it it's just bad luck anyway i finally found one in reserve um but other than that things have actually been going pretty well and like i was going into ollie because i was trying to find alkali for peacekeeper because I, I said i was like pushing down his quest lines quite aggressively um i did this last time as well to get to the rsas because i was just like to hell with paying 500k on the market for the rsas to do um to do mechanics like gunsmith quests, I'm no, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm just going to get on peacekeepers quest lines, and they're okay anyway. And you have to do them, and he unlocks good stuff, so it's fine. Um, and I went in, into interchange once, looked around, tried to find this alkali. I already had one, couldn't find it. Went back in again, went up kind of like around the ramp sort of area. I was, I came in from the, like an odd angle. I was like over in Goshan, and I came like down past the ramp, and I was like, oh, this is a bit spicy. And then there was a dude, like, stood in the tech store. I, I can't remember which one it's called, but it's the one if you were coming up the ramp, it's on, directly on the left. Is that Rasmussen? I, I, I can't remember. I'm so bad at the interchange. Uh, Tesco. Um, Tesco. Um, and anyway, so it's the one with all the wood flooring, anyway, and you're really loud. So I, I, oh, like, yeah, I was like, right. I was like, oh, oh, this guy, oh, dear. Oh, oh, oh. And then he was like, oh, no, wiggle, wiggle. I was like, oh, okay, because I thought he was a PMC, because he actually had, like, a helmet on. I couldn't really see, because it was very dark. Um, and I wandered in anyway, and like he just looks at the ground, literally just spits out 
an alkali onto the floor. And I was like, oh my God, it's the item I was looking for. That's insane. And I was like, I can't really tell him. I did like, you know, one of those like crazy mouse like head spins. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I really yeah, want to yeah, tell yeah. this dude, like you've literally just made my day. And he just <laughs> drops like the finding raid alkali on the ground, the thing that's going to finish off. Cause I'd done all of the others. Cause I think you can craft most of them now. Um, but the alkali you have to go and find. And I had one I, and, um, and I just like, you know, hightailed it straight out of there and just scav scav mumbled at the guy and left. So yeah, I, I've had the same experience. Like I, I don't think I've been shot at even in the scav rage yet because mm. I'm most of the time going in places that PMCs aren't. And one other thing that I had, I had a really weird one where I was doing a quest run on woods and this like random like hatchling dude just like comes running up. He, he actually, he wasn't like a complete hatchling, but he was like, had very little gear and I shot him like two times with the pistol. And then I was like, Oh, he's not firing back. And then he like wiggled and I wiggled and then I, I said like, hold your fire. And then I like dropped a slayer on the floor for him and he like met it up. And then he just like followed me around for a bit. I feel, I feel like it's had some weird effect on, on things. Like obviously, you know, proper PMCs are going to kill you, but there's a lot mm. more just general friendliness, even amongst kind of like low gear people. Like that would never have happened before. And I probably also would have just shot that guy dead previously. Like my own behavior has changed. Cause I was like, Oh, actually he's yeah. like almost got nothing here. Maybe he's just trying to do a thing. You know, and like that wouldn't have occurred to me before. It would literally have just been like, I'm getting my headshot XP, bang, and killed him with the M9. So it's 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 interesting how it's changing it. But yeah, going right back around to what you said originally, I am slightly, I mean, you still have to put the effort in, right? But I am slightly concerned with the fact that it is just free, it's just free money now. Playing Scav is basically no risk and you just run around and you just loot whatever you like. Yeah, it's like, Yeah, so it's a couple of things I'll to touch on. It's like, I almost felt like we kind of gave, I was listening to some of our older podcasts and like, um, listening to, I was doing some, some timestamp and whatnot for YouTube. And, uh, I noticed we were really ragging on Scav Karma, man, at the start. But I almost felt like we kind of gave Scav Karma a bit, the amount of time to really develop because now it's, it is seemingly like I seem to have like the worst experience. Um, at the start, and now it's definitely like completely different. Um, so I guess the system is working, and if this is what they intended, that that's where I'm a little concerned because now I'm like, okay, where's the risk? I know I see the reward, guys, but where's the risk? You know, because Scav was already kind of like a okay, here's a here's a free kit that costs you nothing you know yeah um go make something of yourself you know and i really like that i mean i was like man at the start i used to like preach go play your scav you know and that's all i did yeah. like uh, my scav up you know what i'm saying guys hey you trying to do a scav run my scav's up hey that's <laughs> cool down let's go you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that was like that was the jam dude so now it just that is very concerning to me that okay i would rather people do this system than go in hatching and shove things up their butt um but the war between the lines is one is like killing themselves or slash dying to a scav the other one is just extracting so like it is it is an improvement you know um but i am just a little concerned that this might be a little too good because here's the thing you can lose this reward if you lose enough rep your scav becomes a really long cooldown right if it goes so low you, you become cursed and tagged and if it becomes so low uh you spawn with like just a pistol you know 
maybe a maybe a rig, uh, maybe a tactical swing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like people are incentivized to not kill each other, right? So if there's no PMCs in the raid, um, what do you do? You just run around and loot. Exactly. So it's there's nothing like, left. It's kind of. I don't know. It's very weird. It's very weird. And like in theory, there shouldn't be all the good loot there, but because of the market and how the economy works and the, the, the people need stuff, people desire there's a demand for a lot of items. Yeah. It's just like you can you can make money. I mean, like I said, in my five to six scav rates, I made three point five million <laughs> which I was just like, this is going a little like when I was first doing it, I was I looted like all the PCs giga, which there's like twenty there's a ton of PCs on Interchange. There's a ton. Yeah. And I came out, I mid max, I was like, power cords, uh, uh, P, uh, PC fans, um, you know, whatever. Caps were like yeah. decent money, like just whatever. And I was like, this is going a little too well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was also an interesting thing that I found as well. And I don't know whether you have the same experience, but a weird side effect of this because scavs aren't killing each other and they're not chasing shots or anything like that now because you really don't have anyone playing aggressive i like don't really bump into player scavs as pmc either i'm finding the raids a lot mm. quieter in some ways and maybe that's because like there's there's lower scav turnover as well scavs are like in the raid and they're in the loot spots looting things they're not out fighting you know and it's i am finding a, a much decreased like and this is kind of why i was saying like the wipes going a bit weirdly in some ways for me because i feel like my pmc i'm like running around sometimes i bump into other pmcs bump into ai scavs hardly ever run into um player scavs and even even then because i'm doing like questing stuff and i'm kind of like know the maps and things i end up avoiding a lot of pvp anyway i feel like half the time i'm just going places grabbing things and leaving as pmc and yeah i think what we said before about like the incentivization about what is scav karma supposed to do and it's supposed to give more of a threat to pmcs and allow scavs to band together well i actually don't think that pmc threat piece is actually there because the scavs are just out making money for their pmcs you know what i mean it's um yeah it takes away from sort of like the blocker from the pmc play and here's the thing too i think um pmcs are motivated to leave the raid earlier because you don't want to fight a five-man scav army you know yeah like I that, that I sure don't, and, and I know, I know interchange. I don't know why, but this happens. It seems to happen almost every wipe at the start of wipe interchange. You scav in, you spawn forty minutes into raid, but towards like the as the weeks go on, it tends to like start spawning you later. I don't know why that's the case. That seems to be a trend, but yeah, I mean for sure, I feel like there's there's incentive for PMCs to get out of raid faster. You know, go hit all the heights or stuff and then get out, um, because I don't want to fight a five man scav. <laughs> exactly i feel like into like i've been i've been doing sort of a mixture of reserve and i mm-hmm. um, interchange i started off with a lot of wood stuff because then you need lots of like food items but now i've been doing yeah. like reserve and interchange reserve i pretty much spawn in at like 37 minutes 40 minutes 35 minutes pretty much every time interchange 12 minutes on the dot without yeah. fail it's yeah. it's interesting it's interesting it's doing that now i noticed at the start of the way though it was spawning you in early and mm. i don't know if that's something they fixed or if that's just there's more people playing they put more people in earlier i don't know yeah but um yeah so even on your reserve raids you're not seeing a lot of pmcs that you know of. no i think all the pmcs are underground and farming raiders and like you know in the train station and stuff it's just not where i've been going i've been going to like 
the pawn buildings and uh, the, like the kitchen area and some some places like that because it's like the whole there's actually like just rooms full of filing cabinets like some pcs yeah. duffel bags like that kind of stuff and it's uh it's great actually his toolbox is like you can fill up a whole scab with like really valuable stuff and, and just leave and the thing that i quite like about reserve is you really close the extract like interchange is a little bit of a slog sometimes to get to the extract and as we know they're quite notorious but the scav the scav extracts i've never been shot at going to any of them hole in the wall the heating pipe like heating pipe i've just literally run through the open and just leave through it's like no yeah. one no one's there there's nothing at heating pipe now people are there at the start because they're positioning around and there's like maybe in the sniper towers they're moving around the edge of the map towards the end of the game people are at train station or they're like fighting around um fighting around the underground section maybe in like the pawn buildings or something because like blue Heart's there or whatever but it's just like no one, no one's really there like maybe they go up to the up to dome i've never been exit camped at dome either i have to say now are you running into player scabs as well sometimes and we just wiggle and move on okay yeah. yeah it's interesting because before that would have been a point of tension mm. and i don't want to suggest that like that that needs to be the case um but because the it's like we went from one extreme to the other extreme extreme i'm gonna say loosely. yeah um yeah, from like everybody shooting each other on site to just like literally nobody firing a weapon. I don't feel right. like I've fired a scab weapon for twenty scab raids or something. Like I know ne- I never even because half the time, even if I like if I get jumped by a PMC, I'm so surprised I just die. You know, the guy's like the guy's on like high alert. He's playing solo. I make one movement and I come around the corner and he just kills me. But right? it's just like I didn't even get time to react. I'm not half the time. I'm not wearing a headset. I don't even hear the guy. And then I'm thinking. Oh, is it a scab? Is it a player? I don't want to. I don't want to lose karma, and so I yeah. lean around and I'm just instantly dead. So it's like, well, I, d- I don't think I've killed any PMCs as my scab this wipe at all, and it's not what I've been focusing on. I've been focusing on looting stuff and getting, you know, getting things. I was like, as I said to you before, I was doing woods for food and also hideout items because that was like a, the perfect combo. Those villages for all the toolboxes and all of the all of the items like croutons like tushonka all that kind of stuff and then customs literally hitting dorms over and over and over and over and over to get keys 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 and then finally now moving on to you know interchange and reserve for kind of some of the more expensive items more filing cabinets on them on reserve and some more food items because i needed stupid croutons but then interchange just toolboxes and and various things in ollie it's kind of the way you know trying to look for that alkali and that kind of stuff and also as you said there's tons of computers um and i was looking for the cpus there and so i use my scav to like hunt around for those items where i I think it's more efficient honestly if you've got like find in raid items that you need to hand in it's way better doing it as your scav firstly you start off in the middle of the raid at some point and secondly you can just like shift w to somewhere and it doesn't really matter and you just get given a free gun so you're better off almost doing that than you are doing like pistol runs with your PMC. You have to buy the pistol, then you have to, you have to go in yeah. at the beginning, and then you get more likely to bump into someone because the sport, you know, people are going from their spawns or whatever. Whereas the scav raid is just like, you know, it's just you run in, you grab, go get the stuff that you want. I'm amazed at the amount of stuff there is actually. Like, there's a lot, like tons of stuff. I don't know. I don't really know why. Maybe it's because like PMCs are just leaving early. Everyone's questing. I'm not sure because I know I'm not looting a great deal yeah. with PMC. I'm like going in, doing the quest, and then leaving the raid. And so when you turn up as a scav, there's like stuff everywhere. Especially, especially, especially loose loot. I don't yeah. know whether there's a lot of new players or people who just like 
less experienced who've played previous wipes who've come back and they just kind of forget where all the stuff is whatever but like i've done runs through the back like the back warehouse bit of ollie where every single toolbox is looted and the shelves are littered with items and i've filled my backpack just on items around around the edge of the map mm. and this is crazy sorry if you there's a motorbike outside my uh, outside my window okay. <laughs> but yeah, like people people underestimate the, the loose items dramatically, as as far as as I could tell, and they are harder to spot. So you have to kind of know that they're there. But there's just there's just stuff everywhere. Like there's never been a scav run where I'm just like this used to happen all the time in the previous wipe where I'd go through everything's been looted. There's nothing there. All the stashes have been searched, and I kind of just have to hightail it to the exit. I have a couple of bolts and a you know a screw or something. I'm just like, well, I guess that'll do. I'm running out of time. That just doesn't happen now. It's just like. Every time I'm just like, oh, I don't have a bag that really sucks, <laughs> you know, because I'm going to fill it. I'm going to fill it because everybody's questing. It's insane. Airwing brought up a good point in chat. He says, um, I think the big part is that so many players are after different loot, especially if you don't have the flea market. The term valuable is so different, you know, like, uh, gosh, like a CPU fan to like a pre-level 10 is worth nothing, you know, whatever it sells to the vendor. Versus to like a guy that has a flea market, that's twenty five k right there. That's thirty k. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It um, makes a, makes a massive difference. Yeah, like it does make a toilet paper, difference. soap. I would never toothpaste. I never loot that as a flea market guy. But if I'm just starting out, man, that's like the only thing I care about on this map customs. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, the toothpaste for sure. Uh, I remember yeah. definitely just like trying to search for that because just like need that med station, you know. It's very, very different. It's very different. I quite like it, right? There was somebody who's complaining on um, on Reddit about like, oh, can you believe that only you can only buy crackers with rubles at the beginning? And someone was just like, yes, because they want you to go and find the food. You got to go <laughs> and find the food. You got to just buy everything. It's not just a numbers simulator. You have to go and actually loot the stuff. I was like, yeah, exactly. That's why that's why I've done it like this. You know, you can't just yeah buy your way through everything. You used to be able to buy your way through all the quests once upon a time. Well, you can't do that anymore because I was clearly silly. Um. <laughs> yeah clearly silly yeah i'm kind of i'm kind of already like sad that i got the flea market because i'm already like min maxing it it's like okay right buy this rig buy this gun you know what i mean it's just like i don't know it's it was it was fun yeah. so i am i am and i'm not because i feel like now i'm at this kind of like intermediary stage where it's like well i have the flea but i don't have enough i don't have enough money um which is which is kind of causing me some uh, some problems, I suppose, because I'm just like, well, I've, there's all these you know things that I really want to buy, but I can't buy them, and uh, I, I need to get more money to you know to to get well, everything you, working or whatever. Like I I think you well, can yeah. you just spin it on the hideout gig. <laughs> that's 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 true. That's true because like I'm I'm definitely like a deferred reward person, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just like you know. Two two million rubles tomorrow versus a million rubles today. I'll spend that million rubles today every single time. Like unless the unless the return is very small, mm-hmm. like I'm like really super incentivized by those kind of things. Yeah, it's yeah, just it's sure. just the way it's just the way I work. It's a good it's, investment. Yeah, it's just the way I work. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was, I guess it's a little bit of a tangent, but like because I was pushing through um, Peacekeeper two, I basically just been using like rubbish stuff pretty much the whole mm-hmm. time i did like a couple of like half modded akms once i got to prapor um but even though it's interesting because like my 
experience of like what to use has kind of changed over time and i do think like the akm stuff is really good at the beginning and you get like the option to do full auto but like in the mid game i don't think it's actually necessarily as good because to get the recoil down really low you actually do need to put on lots of stuff um and there's other better guns that you can use i think in the mid game the benefit from kind of the intermediate mods because i did try like comp and butt pad kind of akms but didn't didn't really work so much and um one that i actually went to play around with the other day um, after pushing through peacekeeper was the rfb which I haven't done a huge amount of, and it's something that's been on my list for ages because it's kind of like, you know, the big, big daddy hunter. Yeah. Um, and the hunter's great for like min max value, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have a good time using it. Do, do you know what I mean? Right. Like that, like yeah, hunter, yeah, hunters yeah, now, oh my God, they're so cheap. Have you seen they're like 20 grand because you can't hit anything over range? But because they're all like 50% durability, it's horrible. But anyway, the, the RFB, so I was like doing, I'm on to Punisher part two. Um, and I was like, I just had to kill scabs as a press weapon. And I was running around shoreline with with it. And it's honestly, it's it's beautiful. M80 at this point in the wipe is like so good. It's like, pretty it's, good. Yeah. It feels great. Like RFB with a suppressor and an L can, man. Oh, it's yeah. it's a real yeah. it's a real goodie. Like I think going semi auto with big rounds at this point is actually really really decent. I'm like I'm I'm really enjoying it. I was mostly fighting scabs though. I didn't fight many PMCs, but. Um, it's been a it feels awesome to kind of get back to that it like reminds me of because i was using a lot of like dmrs at the end of last wipe and it kind of reminds me of going back to that like the sr25 mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. um a couple of the others because i fell in love with the sr at the end of last wipe and so it kind of feels a little bit like getting back into that I'm like oh yeah this is yeah this is this is something of you know what i've missed um because i have missed it a bit you know i have to, I have to say I've, I've missed it a bit so that's honestly been a lot of fun um it's been fun like kind of moving up into the next that next tier of um mm-hmm. of stuff and also obviously when you spend money in in us dollars with peacekeeper it doesn't count right it's free basically and <laughs> it's like weird psychologically because you end up getting loads of dollars from his quests and then you're just like well yeah. you know i can't really That's convert kind of, it yeah. that easily so you know i just spend spend some dollars or whatever and it's it's kind of okay it doesn't affect my ruble balance so yeah, and there's yeah. a weird psychological effect there. Where, like when you convert it, you're like, okay, look, it's actually like sixty thousand rubles or something for this gun. But then you're like, oh, but it's in USD though. It's stuck in USD. It's fine. I'll just use it. And the M80 is in USD as well. It's okay. The ruble count stays the same. It feels great. <laughs> if only the hideout accepted USD. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It was quite nice until oh, I got through to one of his quests. And it's just like, give me eight thousand dollars, and I was just like, oh, yeah, I actually have it already. There you go from his from his quest which is quite good but um yeah it's, it's been it's been fun it's been fun i'm I'm still i'm still really enjoying it i'm enjoying the progression um i'm kind of surprised i guess because of the standard account versus eod thing like stash the stash upgrade is like massive as you were saying but i'm kind of surprised i've ended up with like bitcoin so early i suppose i don't know it feels like there might have been more hurt i felt like there were more hurdles but there actually weren't as many as i thought there were last time for some reason maybe i'm just getting better at the game i don't know it's possible i just can well this is like your fourth wipe yeah it's like fourth or fifth i'm not sure exactly so i've been through it a few like a lot of the quests this time now i'm just kind of like i know i I know where i need to go i know what i need to do there's like there's no kind of just like how am i going to complete this one it's just like i know what i have to do i just have to go and do it um which is is okay like some people get really fed up with the quests i'm actually probably enjoying them more now because if there wasn't a reward then i wouldn't yeah. like the quest but i i do and i'm sorry to cut you off i do really like that 
it drives people to certain locations mm. and it breaks up the monotony of late wipe because late wipe is like let me rush dot where did i spawn where's the highest tier loot closest to me where's the extract you know yeah. unless you're just like hunting pvp but typically pvp is in the high tier loot area exactly. so anyways yeah no it is good but i think like it's weird now because unless they do some changes to kappa or whatever i don't even feel beholden to doing the quests that don't give like outright progression do you know what i mean so like the yeah, ones that i don't no, want to do i don't feel like 100%. i have to do them now which is kind of good in some ways um yeah so uh, it's 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 a it's a weird one it's a weird one like i'm, I'm feeling yeah. i'm enjoying them because i'm just like picking and choosing and none of them are too hard to begin with and then once I get to those really annoying ones, I'll be like, yeah, just do the ones I want to do. And after that, do what I want to do. So uh, it's good. It's going well so far. I'm, I'm pleased. I'm pleased. Yeah. Um, gosh, I can't. Any, anything else before we wrap up? I got, a, I got a bit of a spicy closer for you. Okay. No, I think I, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. I know this is a bit more of a, like a general one, but there's not been a lot of news. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I think it's just like interesting to see how things unfold. Okay. Um. So one quick thing is back to Scav Karma. I do feel like we might see a bit of inflation going on in this wipe. Um. I'm not too sure we'll see because it like like we've you and I kind of see on the same page is it just feels very risk free. Therefore, it's yeah. just like free money. Maybe that will flood the market and will like prices will drop. Maybe well, I think it maybe has. Maybe I think that has happened likely. already in some things. Like I don't know whether you've noticed like screws, um, like pack like the packet of screws, the the nuts are like really cheap now. Like bolts were expensive, but they've been dropping. I'm like you can pick up bolts for like twelve k. There's a lot of stuff actually that's got really? a lot 12K? cheaper. I was quite they were this, they were today when I was looking. That's crazy. I think they they get, they're going up and down quite a lot. There's like a big there's a big like you know players come online, players go offline. Like people doing that's scab runs, people playing thing. PMC. So there's a big there were big fluctuations. I actually don't have Tarkov Market, um, yeah, which I'm is something I probably right should. It, they're I, at 18k currently, and the let's see, they were at 15k. Um, yesterday was like a low. Yeah. The, the, the thing is, like, they like they they turn over so quickly, right? That you can yeah. have them. They could be running at like twelve k for like thirty seconds, and then like everyone's putting them up, and then they're like eleven seven five, eleven eleven eight, eleven nine, blah, and then someone goes and buys them all, and then they're like back to eighteen. Like it's so like it's so choppy right now that the averages are like fine, but a lot of the time, like there's actually quite a few items that I'll just like go in look at refresh refresh a bit like if especially if it's looking low like refresh a bit and there's like a few big things in there just see what happens and then just like okay fine whatever we'll uh we'll, we'll uh you know come back another time or whatever because there's like it's just crazy it's just crazy right now it's just all over the place but some I've, I've seen a lot of items getting really really super cheap by the way one random thing that's really annoying me and i don't know whether this is really annoying you because i want to make some i want to look at some gun builds and i just want to see if anything's changed and you I, nobody is putting up rk2s on the market yeah no one so i can't identify it so i can't use it in my presets so annoying anyway um yeah so we were just saying you were saying about scarf karma sorry i derailed you talking about like the cheapness of items but you said there might be inflation well now i'm thinking that i'm wrong and you are bringing up two good points one people are coming in to the market they're finally unlocking level 20 and then there's sort of that exchange happening where it's like 
I need I need wires and light bulbs and I have a bunch of random stuff that I don't need. Take my stuff and then like right like the market just like shifts radically you know what i mean like because someone buys up all those wires and then it knocks the price up and then eventually it comes back down and someone else unlocks the flea market that sort of process i think that's happening and then also what we're kind of saying is that it's not necessarily inflation it's more of there's more people surviving so there's more items to sell so the market's kind of being flooding with more items um, yeah that's really interesting i can't wait to see how that sort of like plays out exactly i'm not sure exactly what that does to like the end game items like if the if everything gets really cheap it'll be quite hard to make as much money because there's more money in the system everyone has more of it i don't don't really know how that plays out i actually don't know what the kind of logical steps are to like where does a slick price on the market then i actually don't know um my 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 gut is that it'll be lower because everything's lower that's my gut, but I'm not sure. I think that the demand for those, the high tier stuff will increase over time. And because uh, more people are surviving, so there's more items being sold. I don't know. We'll see. Eventually, everyone, yeah, we'll see. It'll probably be about the same in the flea market Maybe. like uh, economy, but I feel like right now, there is like very few things that feel like like you know everything feels about 10k per slot it yeah usually is like some things are like really good and some things are just trash you know so i don't know it's kind of interesting mm. all right the last thing i want to talk to you about is um erotic i was debating about dropping his name or not but i really don't give a fuck because i don't anyways so <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if you saw this video but he put out a video where he interviews with a coder of cheats for Escape from Tarkov, aka just emulate Tarkov dev. And we did an episode not too long ago talking about Tarkov Single SP, player, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and if I recall, we sort of like, or at least I was trying to emphasize, like, hey, this stuff is like not good. You know what I mean? Like, it it's cool. It's really cool, but especially the Tarkov emulator one is very sketch because they are like basically stealing the game. You know what I mean? In a nutshell, they really are. Um, so he interviews this guy and there, there's been a, this is okay. The interviewing the hackers is interesting and I can see why people are interested in it. Um, but we have to be really careful about what's the message is being sent because I feel like in some ways this is very much so just free advertisement for them. Um, 100%. And it, you know, I'm when I click on a video like that, I'm already like, I can respect someone saying that, hey, let's just do this interview from like an objective standpoint. Even the whole time, like, this guy's a freaking dirtbag, dude, for this guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, I can respect that. And I and I will say, personally, I found the Veritas one very interesting, because yeah. he it wasn't necessarily a hacker, it was more so this guy designs and sells 
cheats, you know, like the whole RNT side adds a very interesting perspective as well. But anyways, better jumping back on topic. I personally felt like erotic. I, there, I know there's been some bad blood between him and BSG in the past, right? And rightfully so. I don't know if, if anyone knows the issues, but we'll just say that BSG hasn't always had the best judgment on things, and um, there were some copyright strikes happening in the past for um, what's the term? We'll like say defamation or something. Yes, yes, yes. Defamation of their product and whatnot, and apparently it was not directly BSG. It was a their like sister company. I don't know. Regardless, there, there's you know there's been some contention with BSG in the past. So I personally felt like this video was just a big smear campaign against BSG because and it, what really frustrated the, the, me the most is that it felt like. He was not very, hmm, how do I frame this properly? Okay, when someone dies and they're like, oh my god, this guy's hacking, A, we don't know that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even if it's like, he's literally speed hacking, it could be networking. You know what I mean? There's like so many variables, like we just don't know. We just don't have all the information. Um, and when we're you're doing like this type of video and everything's being thrown as fact, like, oh, yes, so when there's no audio, it's a fact that this guy is hacking, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, oh, it's a fact that every raid has a hacker. Like, these things are very um, dangerous in my mind, like, when we start interjecting this type of stuff. And I really did not appreciate how he framed this video. It just felt like one giant shit on bsg and i understand again there's some bad blood and rightfully slow you know what i mean because he's he was coming bsg was essentially coming after his livelihood and i don't know all the details of the situation but um i just i can't get behind this rhetoric of you know there's hackers the game is infested with hackers you know what i mean because when we start doing these like interviews and that starts becoming the message are we not just like advertising hacks to people who are like curious because i know in the past when i was young i recall a time when i was interested in hacking because i played a shitty korean import to american free-to-play shooter that was like poop tier and there was a bunch of hack hackers in the game you know because it was a free game and it was just like people were selling hacks but there was free hacks which was like wall hacks and i was like interested i was like hmm, how easy is this it's like yep i watch I read a post and I installed the injector and boom, I'm, I'm, I'm a hacker now. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. but I, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I don't know if you saw the video or if you've kind of been in the news of this stuff because it has been circling the community a bit. I think one peg even did a call to action. Like guys, um, let's, let's not interview the cheaters and let's not give them a space to, you know, advertise yeah, like, their product. I haven't seen that specific video. I have watched the Veritas one in the past. I think there was another mm -hmm. one. Um, there was another one as well. Was it like Yule or someone who did did a different one? I haven't. I haven't seen. I haven't seen any of the the actual videos. But I have yeah. obviously seen the stuff going circling around the community. And I don't know how much time you spend on the talk of Reddit, but I, um, you know, there's a lot. There's a whole bunch of stuff circling on the on the Reddit as well about this kind of subject, which is also about. It's interesting because obviously, from the cheater's perspective, the cheat producer's perspective you need to have people know about it so that they can go and get it 
having an interview with a content creator is a perfect way to you know, advertise and market your services. Um, whether the content creator is doing it completely, you know, innocently because they think it's interesting content. Um, and I can completely understand that because you may just think, oh, yeah, this is, you know, it's a perspective that everybody talks about, but nobody hears from. And so you think, oh, we'll get them yeah. on without necessarily thinking about their ulterior motive and, and the fact that they effectively then are using your own platform. So that's that's kind of issue number one. The second one is like the number of threads on the Reddit itself about hacking, about cheating. And it's like at one stage it was insane. It was like every second or every third post was about cheating. And mm-hmm. eventually someone else posted something up there being like, guys, like most of these posts are probably from, again, the, the cheat designers, right? They want to make people think that this hacking is rife, that it's easy and that you won't be banned. These are the three mm-hmm. things they want you to think. Yeah, Everyone's yeah. doing it. It's easy to do and you won't be banned. Those are the three things they want you to think. And they don't care whether you actually get banned or not. They don't care whether you're never going to be able to play the game or not. They just want to take your money for, for the for the hacks and that's it. And there'll always be new players and there'll always be new players getting pooped on by EFT because that's the kind of game it is. And every single time there's a brand new wipe, there's a huge influx of threads about cheaters because that's when you get all the new players and that's when RMT is its most profitable, which makes yeah. total sense. It makes total sense to launch a marketing company. You have to think of it as a business. That's exactly what RMT is, right? The getting banned and having to circumvent it and, you know, buy new copies of the game and stuff is literally a cost of doing business. And as long as you can make enough money to keep, to keep it going, then fine. And you want to do a big marketing push when a lot of people who are more likely to buy your product are looking and, you know, looking in the market. And that's exactly when Tarkov wipes, like it's, it's just, it's just business for these guys. It literally is just business. Um, and the reason why they do it is because it's so, it's so profitable comparatively because you can do it from anywhere. Right. And you know, it's, and, you know, I don't really want to go down the path of talking about like the different region locks and that kind of stuff. But, you know, there mm. are definitely different areas of the world where people are incentivized more or less to enter into this kind of activity. Because if you can make, I don't know, $20 an hour, you know, $100 an hour or something doing RMT from one country, that's worth a lot more from another country. Right. Right? It's basic right. economics and yeah. things about, yeah. you know, the Internet levels this playing field off completely means that, you know, an American is probably less likely to do this than someone who lives in another country because, you know, the general state of wealth in the US is a lot higher. It's just like it's just the way that things these things kind of work. Yep. Um, and so it's just it's just business. It's just business to these guys. And so. It's, it's actually very interesting, like in general, about marketing because it's marketing. I think I've recommended before to you to listen to Devin Nash. If anyone's interested about like social media marketing, about um, esports, about business models that go behind video games, Devin Nash is probably one of the best people in the industry. And you know, he started off being like the Twitch stats guy, but he talks about all sorts of stuff. Um, and he he did a video actually about cancel culture, and basically his conclusion. And he's a marketing guy, kind of like right from the from the outset that's kind of like how he entered into business in the first place mm-hmm. um he basically says unless you get completely deplatformed right and we're talking generally now they're talking about like more in more general terms but unless somebody gets completely demonetized and cannot actually even post anywhere on anything the only way to i don't know prevent something or try to have an impact on anything is by entirely ignoring it even addressing the issue and trying to get people to boycott stuff. He was like, there's so many examples basically of people who've ended up in scandals and three years later, or like even six months later, 
they're more popular than they ever were before because so many people found out about them and a portion of those people go on to end up following this person and everyone forgets about the scandal and they're like twice to three times more popular than they were previously. And the only So so deplatforming obviously is like, you know, in the content creator land, if you get deplatformed, there's nothing else you can do. That's it. You're just banned and that's it. Whereas like, if that doesn't happen, you're more like, you're likely to be more popular like you definitely won't be less popular in in general. More people will know who you are, and a lot of people just necessarily, won't necessarily have context of of what happened. So, like, yeah, as the chat's saying, that all publicity is good publicity. Thing is like definitely true, and the cheetah yeah. thing is is the same. It's the same thing. And uh, honestly, like, we're probably not helping by talking about it either. Yeah, yeah. Because like, that. yeah, because this is the thing. Like the only the only way the, the the only way that you can do something about anything is just by. It's just by ignoring it, I think, is really the only way. If you're like the average person, like obviously yeah. there's things that, that can be done by BSG or or whatever. Um, and if somebody asks you about it, then like, yeah, you can, you know, yeah, show your opinion, which is, you know, take a dim view of it. That's fine. But um, I think it's interesting. It's it's actually a fascinating, um, a fascinating video. If you if anyone's interested, yeah, go to yeah. Devin Nash's um youtube page and it's it's his video about cancel culture it's like it's it's really fascinating it's all it's about publicity and scandals and there's like there's even like um there's a bizarre example that he shares in this video about two ceos which he can't name obviously because he's like you know he's involved in both of them who did a very similar thing had an almost identical scandal one guy came out with like an actual like apology like proper like explanation about everything that happened blah 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 and he got fired and the other guy said nothing. The company said nothing. And he still is in the same job now, like three years later. And he was like, it's interesting because the guy who you see doing the like what you would think of being the right thing has given enough rope to end up hanging himself effectively, like on his own kind of words. You know what I mean? Whereas the other guy just said literally nothing. There's nothing there. There's nothing to grab onto except just rumors and speculation. And it dies away. It goes away. It's weird. The oh. internet is weird. It's such a yeah. such a weird thing. Honestly, it's fascinating. Genuinely, I I found it really really interesting. Yeah. His, his videos his videos are really really good. But anyway, so like yeah, back back to this topic. I mean yeah, it's it, there's not really any avoiding it because these guys will they'll they'll find a way to get a platform whether it's on Reddit or um it's through some other unsuspecting content creator who's you know as I, you know, as I said, either innocently or not, they'll find somebody who will talk to them, find it interesting, whatever. Because it is, it is an interesting thing. You know, it's something we don't necessarily have experience of. There's reason why people are interested in it. You know, people yeah. who like Tarkov tend to be people who are interested in stuff. Otherwise, you wouldn't stick around so long and spend three hours reading the wiki. You know, if you're, if you're interested in that kind of thing, then then things probably do interest you. And And this world is like a very secret, shady, hidden world that no one knows anything about particularly because it's you know super very is very very naughty um and and also yeah this like weird underworld of like people hacking writing code and doing you know whatever it's like they're in secret communities kind of thing so there's no wonder that people are interested um and, and also obviously people are interested in using the hacks for god knows what reason whatever reason but um rmt i understand but people just using it in general day to day like it's not even it might be fun for like two hours and then i don't, I don't understand how people can play for weeks with it it's just it's just crazy to me but uh anyway I don't really know how to conclude this, but that's that's my take. <laughs> yeah, no, it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, I think you you kind of brought up some good points with, uh, you know, maybe even me just mentioning the whole subject is just more detrimental. 
Yeah. I mean, maybe. I think like where where it is now because it's so um, because it's so rife in the community at the moment. I don't. I honestly don't think it's really a big deal. There's YouTube videos about it. Reddit is absolutely rammed full of it. It's all over Twitter. So to be honest, I think we're probably you know we're a, we're a drop in the proverbial ocean in terms of you know social yeah. media discourse. But um, I think yeah, I think I think that's the thing in general. Like people in general need to ignore this stuff more but like that's net that's just not the way things work so let's not worry about it fair enough all right um i think that we're going to wrap it up there giga unless you had anything else bud cool no it's all good very that was a very heavy topic to finish but yeah I'm, i think i'm done <laughs> cool well um guys we're gonna get Probably next episode we'll get to the uh, messages. I got a couple lined up I want to feature, oh, so yeah. be sure to get those in. If you got any questions for us or anything you want us to talk about, subject or experience, let us know. Anchor.fm slash scavtalk. Send us a message. We'll get to you and you'll get featured on the show. Um, other than that, guys, uh, good luck in your raids, and we'll catch you next week. Catch you later. <laughs>